Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. The potentials are just, I mean, I've been brought to tears at the end of some of these workshops because of the intelligence of these girls is just mind-blowing. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. And right now we are in Austin, Texas, an incredible city. Talk about where city and nature like merge into the same, like you never feel like you're too much in the city. You never feel like you're too much in nature. It's just it is an epic city. I have Maxine with me here. Hi. <laughs> and go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, I'm Maxine Island. I'm the director of digital marketing at Web for SailPoint Technologies. Um, and I manage all of the digital kind of channels for the company, website, SEO, SEM, all the good stuff, um, as well as our translations and things like that. So all good, fun tech stuff. Describe to me who SailPoint best serves and how do they serve them? Sure. Um, SailPoint is a B2B company. Um, we service large-scale, small-scale companies um, with an ident- what's called an identity governance platform, which just sounds foreign to so many people. Um, but it's basically a, it's a, it's a facet of cybersecurity that focuses on um, identities within the company, and that can be you know making sure that what they're accessing to is what they should be accessing. You know, we don't want people to be um, able to, like, see their pay and raise their pay or do things like that, you know. So it's it's governing who has access to what, what they can do with that access, um, the data that they touch. And that also counts for employees you have, vendors, third parties, and also now AI and thinking about bots and things like that and how they're kind of connected within your company um, and what they have access to. And when did you first fall in love with technology? You know, I was a late bloomer. So I was in college. Um and I stumbled upon it in an organization I was with um, at, at UT, and um, they just wanted somebody that would update the website. And I was like, sure, whatever. That sounds kind of cool. So I ended up falling in love with it. I became a self-taught coder, and that's kind of how my, my, my life started in this area. And you were saying this is your first podcast? It is. It's so cool. <laughs> it's my favorite. Are you a person, do you think, that jumps? Are you a risk taker that you jump and ta- and you're a person that says yes and takes new risks? Or are you more reserved? I love a good challenge. You love um, a good challenge. It sometimes comes back to bite me. But um, I've always, my philosophy, and especially with like technology and, and thinking about things in that area is, you know, if, if somebody asks you if you can do that, it's not necessarily a no or I can't do it. It's it's always a yes because there's always a way to do it, right? It's just it might not be developed yet, but yeah. there's a way to do it. What's one thing that you've, uh, an obstacle that you've overcome successfully and what did you learn from it? 
Oh, gosh. Do you want to talk business or do you want to talk just being a female? <laughs> uh, I mean, whatever's right for you. Um, I think just in general, um, one of the bigger things that I struggled with was, you know, being a female and being in technology and knowing that that was even a path that I could take, which is why I, I you know, partner with a great organization here in Austin called Chick Tech Austin um, to really help educate girls in high school and and let them know that these opportunities exist out there for them in technology. And tell us more about Chick Tech. Chick Tech is a nonprofit. Um, we have roughly a little over 20 chapters. Um, the Austin chapter was started two years ago, two and a half years ago. So I'm the high school program coordinator. And so we do a really wonderful, you know, high school kickoff um, in December. It's a weekend. These girls get thrown. It's 100 of them. They get thrown into a really awesome technology from robotics to web development and game design, just all sorts of cool stuff. Um, and then after the kickoff weekend, they come back for monthly workshops on different topics. And so it's not to get them an expert in a topic. It's just to get them exposure so that they can go and learn more about it afterwards. And When did you, you first fall in love with technology? I mean, I think, I mean, I always love like TV and stuff yeah. like that. But I mean, you know, when I grew up, there wasn't really like technology yeah. iPhones and things like that maybe started after college for me so I think it was always the cool factor of wow I can do this stuff and now it, it's it's so ingrained in our everyday life we don't even think twice about it right which can be problematic but I think it's one of those things that it's it's just like I mean I have a water bottle that tells me when to drink water like yeah <laughs> you know everything is technology now yeah would you say you spend you I mean you do spend a lot of time in the marketing world and being online. We were having a conversation in an earlier interview about how that is now expected uh that we're rated on our social clout online and I hate that. Mm -hmm. How do you separate professional from personal? I think that there's there's definitely a fine line between it. Um I I don't go you know, accepting every invite that comes along my way. And you know, I remember when I started at SailPoint, my boss was like, what do you mean you don't accept everybody that asks to be your friend on LinkedIn? Yeah. I'm like, well, it's just weird. Like, I don't know these yeah. people. And then if somebody asks you per, like a recommendation, you don't know anything yeah. about these people. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a funny thing. And it's, we're in a funny place right now where we're trying to figure out how far does technology really run our lives? Yeah. And how much do we want to say, I need to stop. Like, this is my life. This is, I'm going to go do something tomorrow with my friends. I only want a small circle of people to know, but there's definitely the positives, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's how we connected, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I just, I wish we weren't judged on it. Mm -hmm. I wish it didn't matter how many followers oh, a person yeah. had. Do you remember that website? Um, Hotornot.com? Yeah. That's basically what it sounds Wait, like. Wait, wasn't right? Hot or Not the <laughs> first iteration of Facebook? <laughs> it was something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It was a terrible idea back then. And, yeah, and, and it's basing still somebody a on idea how today. active yeah. and how many likes they have is totally just, because you shouldn't like every single thing that comes along. You should be able to enjoy the moments that you're in, and yeah. things like that. And I think that's that balance that we have to be not so dependent on. A hundred percent. And so, what does your day to day look like? Gosh, one of the reasons I love technology is because it's not the same. So yeah. I have today was just back to back meetings. I think just because it's a Friday morning and people were trying to get things done yeah. before the weekend, but. Um, you know, I have meetings with vendors this morning. I had a meeting with um, our international team that was picking my brain on kind of our digital strategies and things like that that we had for international and where my mind was about that. And I mean, there's creating new web pages. There's checking our paid, you know, channels to make sure they're performing. Um, you know, just I mean, it's 
always something different, and that's what makes it so awesome. Yeah. And did you ever think about dabbling into the programming side of things? I mean, I was a I was a back uh, I was a front end website developer. Um, that's kind of how I started. So I did HTML, PHP, JavaScript, um, tons of WordPress websites. Um, that was kind of my bread and butter. And um, I slowly kind of went into a management role through that, and that's kind of how I, I started to um, to you know develop my career. And um, you know I, I miss it a lot, I think. But the management side of of that kind of tech of the technology side is also super interesting to me. And I think you know now that I have amazing team of people that were very much smarter than me that you know. I could ask them to do something and they can do it in a snap of a finger. If I tried now, I'm like archaic. Yeah. <laughs> how did you learn how to code in the first place? Raw. I did it on myself. You just like got yeah. a book in the library? Well, so I just learned by exposure. So I was playing with the website. I'm like, yeah. oh, if I do this, this yeah. happens. I mean, you have to think back then. This was, you know, 15 years ago. They yeah. didn't have what we have now as far as like coding academies. And we didn't have even Google wasn't as advanced, you yeah. know, and things like that. And so if I wanted to learn how to do something, it was by practice. And so when I graduated out of college, I, you know, I had been kind of meddling with it for a couple of years and then got a job in college um, for the radio station actually here in Austin, KUT Radio, and I did the websites for them. Fun fact, I did voiceovers for them too. <laughs> um, that's kind of how I, I started to learn a lot about like website accessibility and like how do you, you know, how do you make things compliant? And so I started really diving into that. And then when I started working for an agency in Houston after college, um, I kind of weaseled my way into doing some web development for them and some emails and things like that. And, you know, I just slowly over time started to develop. And I think maybe like a few years later, I went to an actual class. And yeah. I was like, oh, I already know all this stuff. Yeah. You know, um, that's pretty outstanding to teach yourself. I hear a lot of people do that, but I don't think it's an, it's easy whatsoever. I would say I think nowadays it's a lot easier. Um, I, you know, I think there's so many not only tools, but there's just quick like boot camps and things like that you can do um, and you can learn how to do stuff. I mean, the girls in our program in Chick Tech learn how to do a website, probably like a basic website in, a you know, six hours. So, yeah. I mean, there's it's just changed so much. So, you know, I wish that I, I wonder how like my career would have evolved if I had been started at such a younger age like kids now. Yeah. I mean, gosh, they can blow, you know, people like me out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> how? How does someone get involved? Like, why did you choose Chick Tech? And for other people looking to get involved with an organization, what's the flow of that? How do they find the one that's right for them? And how? What does being involved mean? Um, I think I think being involved depends on you, right? And your involvement, and and how heavy you want to be involved in what you can offer. Because the one thing you don't want to do is promise that you can do all these things, and then at the end of the day, they're dependent on you because they are volunteers, and it's all a nonprofit, and nobody has a paycheck. That you're the one that's going to do this one thing. And if you don't do this, then it's all going to fall apart. Right. Um, so I think understanding what's your time, your time limitations is one thing. Um, and finding something you're really passionate about. Um, I actually was just having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day because she's just really wanted to get involved. And, you know, I was like, what's your passion? What do you, what do you really want to be doing? You know, mine was like trying to help these young girls understand because I didn't have that yeah. and I wanted that and I wanted to have them to start their network and their environment at such a young age Yeah, and um, it's healthier I think and it's you know you just the potentials are just I mean I've been brought to tears at the end of some of these workshops because of the intelligence of these girls is just mind-blowing like yeah. how their minds work at such a young age so I think you know it's it's finding something you're really passionate about and then I stumbled upon Chick Tech. You know, I, they did a, 
a coding movie at Alamo Draft House. I don't know if y'all have those in L.A., but they're kind of like um, movie places where you go and you sit and you can like eat and drink and, you know, have a good time and you're watching a movie. They may have that, but I just don't go out enough. <laughs> they might not be called Alamo Draft House because yeah. they, they're like movie cinema, things like that. Um, so, you know, we're, those are, you know, so I went and watched it because it was a movie that I was really passionate about. And, um, you know, they were talking about it. And I was like, wow, this is something I've really been looking for. Went and talked to them, and next thing I know, I'm the high school program coordinator. Yeah, <laughs> managing the curriculum for the classes. So it's crazy, but yeah. Um, what is your favorite software or app? I really like my Fitbit. <laughs> You're allowed. How do you work out often? I do. Um, probably like four or five times a week, and so nice. it's kind of like cool to see, like you know, when you're putting in your food and you know how that affects things, and so it's super dorky, but yeah. <laughs> there's some cool workouts to do here in Austin. Um, you know, you're right. If you're around this area, I, I think there's a hit class, which is a really cool boot, yeah. boot camp. Um, I personally do CrossFit. So, um, oh, you go to a space. Yeah, I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know that they have that class pass where you can kind of bounce around and, and do that and totally. try different things. So those are also really cool. Um, how do you, since you work out so often, how do you, I hate that word balance, I know. but how do you make time? Like, you know, you have to driven women. <laughs> We want to drive, yep. and then there's no time for us, really. Yeah. So how do you stop the clock on your business mm-hmm. and be like, I am exercising? I think that it's hard. I, I know that when I first started in, um, you know, in my work career, it was really hard for me to shut it down. Yeah. And I was what you would call a workaholic. Yeah. Um, I think most of us are, right? When we were first started, we were so gung-ho. We have so much passion and drive. Um, but I think over the years I realized the world's not going to end. There's not, you know, there's not going to be some, if there is a crazy fire, somebody's going to call you, yeah. you know, especially when you when you run a website. And before I worked at, um, SailPoint, I, I managed the website for United Airlines and that's a website that if something goes wrong, yeah. you have to be on alert. The world's going to come exactly. to an end. <laughs> it, it, it actually might. It will cause like, like zillions of dollars yeah. in loss. Yeah. And you know, sometimes lives, right? Um, so I... You know, when I was in that world, I was on I was on 24-7. Like, it was hard for me to take vacations and things like that. And I loved my experience there. I loved my time there and my career there. Really, really grew. But I was ready to be in an environment where, okay, if, the, if something's wrong, it's not yeah. like the world's going to end. Um, I definitely think we should all try both of those because you get to really understand, you know, what, what makes you tick. But right. from that perspective of trying to figure out what, how to manage it both, I mean, I go to work out in the morning, so I don't let myself look at my phone. I don't let myself look at my oh, email. Oh, for real? You don't look at your phone right when you wake up? Well, I look at my time and stuff like that, but I don't check emails or anything until text? after the gym. How about text? Sometimes I don't. That's nice. I try it's to hard. do that every now and again, and it's really hard. <laughs> it's hard. I definitely like it better when I don't. Yeah. But I have a hard I time. I will say I'll probably glance at them, and I'm like, no, this is important. No, that doesn't count. No, <laughs> if you're glancing. Well, because it pops up on your screen, no, you have to. You're like, no, all these people liked Instagram. All these cheating. people are on Facebook. Well, it's like, a, it's like a cliff notes. It's a cliff notes. So, you know, I don't have my email on there, though. That's yeah. one thing for sure I don't do. Um, and then when I, I go, I work out and I come and I come home. And then, you know, days that I work from home are a little bit harder. My husband makes fun of me that I just don't eat breakfast and sometimes yeah. I don't shower and I don't do whatever, like, which when you yeah. come back from the gym, it's a totally different yeah. story. But um, because I'll just start working right away. Yeah, And so you I have to it. manage that. You have to figure out what 
what are the things that you need to do for yourself? And then you, everything else kind of works around 100%. it. percent. What suggestions would you give everybody listening, those who would want to be a mentor figure? Uh, what does that mean to be a mentor? Uh, what kind of time commitment is that? How do they connect with people that are looking for mentorship? What do you suggest? I always think the topic of mentors is really interesting because I don't, I feel very strongly you can't just create that relationship. Yeah. Um, my strongest mentors have just been people that I've stumbled upon in my life and I'm, you know, have been so fascinated by their lives and they've taken the time, you know, taken the time to like have coffee with me yeah. or even, you know, I've had old bosses that are mentors now. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's a relationship that you create only it's an organic thing. It's not yeah. something you're creating like forcibly. And I think that's where mentorships have gone wrong because I've been at companies where they tried to force that relationship a little bit and it's failed. Yeah. Um, that person has to invest in you and has to be ready to invest in you. And I think part of that is developing that human relationship because then they want to invest in you yeah. because they like you. They think you have potential or whatever. Um, but from a timing perspective, I mean, anybody that I've ever mentored, I just never felt like it was a time frame. It was, oh, they need my help. I'm going to help them. Yeah. And whatever time I need to help them is what I did. So, you know, it might be an hour long conversation here and there. It's not like an everyday kind of like it's just that hey, I really have this problem and I think you might know a solution for this. Right. And that's kind of a conversation, right? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> How, where can people connect with you online? Um, LinkedIn. Can you spell your name for everybody? M-A-X-I-N-E, Island, E-I-L-A-N-D. I know it's weird. It's not my real one. <laughs> um, so in Facebook, of course, and um, Twitter. Yeah. You know, um, Maxine, what am I now? Maxine dot. R dot Island. I think because, is what because you changed it when you got married. I know. I just yeah. got married. And so it's very weird. I know. Thank you. Well, it was a year ago. But it's like, it's That's one of those. just. Well, it's, I changed my name not too long ago. And so that makes it real. And yeah. it's one of those things that you just don't realize, like, how much you you say your last name or you don't say your last name. And yeah. I never really say my name, my last name that much. And so when yeah. people have been, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not my maiden name anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything that you wanted to share that you didn't share? I mean, I think that everybody has such an interesting path that we all take. And I think it's really, really important that we share. And, you know, I think that it's important to share the good and the bad because the bad is the stuff that we don't share. Mm -hmm. And the bad is the stuff that defines us in a lot of ways. And it shapes our career in a lot of ways, yeah. positively and negatively. And I think with everything that's going on right now in the world with women and trying to, you know, still fight for things. Yeah. Um, I think there, there's, there's definitely that relationship. We need to continue to grow with each other and that we need to support each other and, you know, help each other. And I mean, yeah. that's really all that it is. I mean, you see somebody in trouble, you help them. You yeah. see somebody struggling, figure out, you know, how you can help them or even just listen to them. Totally. You know, and I think sometimes somewhere along the way where we've lost track a little bit. Yeah. So. yeah. I think Austin does a good job, though, more so than other cities of bringing that community connective mm -hmm. vibe. I love you said you haven't been at Impact Hub. Before. No, I haven't. I love this place. So we're doing all the interviews at Impact Hub and it's this um, co-working community. And I was just before Maxine got here, I was on the <laughs> hammock outside. In I ruined my it. Two interviews. <laughs> no, it was great. I was like taking pictures of my boots on the tree. I was like, oh, my God, this is a dream. Yeah. Um, 
love here. Thank you, Impact Hub, for providing the space. And this has just been incredible. Thank you so much for being a part of the Women in Tech podcast. Thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs> if you want to connect with more extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight there. And I will talk to you guys, hear you guys, see you guys in the next episode. <laughs> remember, you could say hello at Women in Tech Show on all social. Bye. <laughs> I'm Maxine Island, the Director of Digital Marketing and Web for SailPoint Technologies, a company focused on identity governance, which is a facet of cybersecurity. Look it up. It's really interesting and everyone needs to be doing it. We're based out of Austin, Texas, and you're listening to Women in Tech. Impact Hub here in Austin, Texas has been our home. We want to give a huge thanks to making it possible for us to comfortably meet and interview several inspiring women in tech. They have the most collaborative workspace, incredible events, beautiful design, a hammock in their backyard. What? It's an incredible space. You have to check it out if you're in Austin. Thank you so much for being a part of the Women in Tech journey. Be sure to go to impacthubaustin.com to get your free day of co-working. I want to give a huge thanks to the team at SpyCloud. SpyCloud protects your employee and customer information from breaches and account takeovers. Try SpyCloud's early warning breach detection platform. SpyCloud made it possible for us to meet with several women in tech here in Austin, Texas, and I am so thankful that they have been part of the Women in Tech podcast journey. Get protected today by going to spycloud.com. That's S-P-Y-C-L-O-U-D.com. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.